Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. If you've experienced some kind of trauma at any time in your life of any kind or know someone who has, you are in the right place today. Welcome to CEO on the Go. Trauma is something that most people have experienced in one way or another, and many people struggle to overcome their traumatic experiences. But there are ways to turn a painful past into a beautiful future including building a thriving business and living a happy life. And by the way, on my last episode, we talked about that as well, how to how to live a happy life and build a great business by being more authentic and using your whole brain. You'll want to listen to that if you missed it. It was a fascinating conversation that I had with human potential activators, Amy Levin and Amanda Sanders. My guest today is Abud Tamimi. He shows us how to lead well and live a happy life by transforming trauma in your life. He explains the impact of trauma on leadership, whether you're a corporate CEO or an entrepreneur, really doesn't matter where you are on your leadership journey, there are implications, uh, depending on where you are on that path. Abood is the CEO of Soulpreneur and has had extensive experience as a successful entrepreneur, including many years working in corporate America in the financial services industry, which is where I came from as well, by the way. He is co-founder and CEO of Three Mushrooms Telecom. He's also a certified executive leadership coach and an international author. His book is The Soul Warrior, Four Powers to Unleash Your Entrepreneurial Drive. And we're including a link to that in the show notes with other information about Abood. Abood is Arab American and travels around the world. So although we have very different backgrounds, we're both passionate about helping leaders and entrepreneurs be most successful and work through extremely difficult issues. And what's especially impressive about Abood, apart from the success that he's achieved, is how open he is to talking about the trauma that he experienced in his own childhood. And he'll speak to that very directly, very bluntly in our conversation. So just wanted you to to know that. He has wonderful insights, smart ideas, a huge heart, and a great sense of humor. Despite the heavier topic today, we've had a lot of laughs over the past year through some really challenging times. And I feel extremely fortunate to call him a friend. So as you listen, I encourage you to consider how you might let your soul lead you to create the success that you truly want. Enjoy my conversation with Abud Tamimi. Abud, welcome to CEO On The Go. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much, Gail. I'm so psyched and honored to be here with you today. Well, it's been an honor to get to know you over the past few months, and I know that you've got a topic that we don't normally talk about in the context of leadership that is especially relevant, and you're the perfect person to to shed some light on this. So I know that we'll be talking a lot about trauma, how it, how it applies to leadership, what's important to know about it, both you know from a CEO perspective and an entrepreneurial perspective. So I thought it would be helpful just to start to help define what trauma is and and why you're so passionate about this topic. 
Yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity to shed some lights on that topic. I mean, it's definitely resonates to my heart. It has a special place in my heart. And um, I'm happy to have the opportunity today to voice my my message out and help other people and other leaders in similar situations to see their true north. I would like to start with a, a piece of statistics from the National Council of Behavioral Health. Uh, 70% of adults in the U.S. have experienced some traumatic events at least once in their lives. So if we're talking about 70% of the U.S. population, we're talking more, more than 223 million people, roughly. So you can imagine the amount of effects uh, that the trauma will have in our society. And it does actually create a lot of negative consequences if trauma has been left for a long time without having any resolution for it. And yeah. from there, I'm, I'm all yours. Let me know how you want to start. And let's dig deep into the subject. I know that when we were talking before, you said that there's some distinctions to be aware of, kind of depending on where you are in your leadership journey. So that might be helpful to touch on, or if you have a specific definition of trauma, you know, either place, whatever makes sense. Yeah, sure. I've noticed that people use the word trauma casually, and it needs to be addressed within its own context. Like sometimes you go, you watch a movie, uh, and it says like, oh, well, it was a traumatic movie or something. Well, actually, the movie was not really traumatic. We're just exaggerating. Also, a lot of people think that trauma uh, has to be like a severe incident or facing a tough event. Trauma can come in different ways, shapes, and form. Could be childhood abuse or neglect. It could be war or experience some sort of violence, could be physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, it could be a grief of the loss of a parent, uh, witnessing act of violence, uh, medical intervention, what have you. You see, the trauma is a lot of people think uh, concentrate too much about the event itself, as opposed to the consequences. Trauma for me, in my humble opinion, is the lost connection of your soul. That's trauma. It's not the event. It's the consequence of the event that is called the trauma. So whether you are, uh, you had to flee your house because of volcano or war, that's the event. The consequence is the separation between you and your soul resulting in total loss. You don't know who you are, what you stand for, what you're here for. That incident by itself is called trauma, the disconnect between you and your soul. So I just want to make clear that the trauma is not the event. It's the consequence that happens because of the event. Right. That makes sense. The impact, which can linger, obviously. Correct. And one thing that we need to understand about trauma, that it expands just like the universe. And here is an example. When I started my uh, telecom company at the beginning, being an entrepreneur, usually we, ha- we pay attention to the past trauma. We don't have much responsibilities because we're still trying. We haven't succeeded yet. But once you experience success in your life and the trauma is still lingering in the background and you become a CEO or a C-level leaders, your responsibilities grows with you. You have promises to your investors, to your partners, to the board members, to your clients, to your suppliers, to your family, the status, the, the social status, the money that you're making. So success started to capitalize once you climb up the corporate ladder. So once you become a leader, there is a lot of stress that happens in in your head. It's like, what if I fail? And that sentence by itself causes future trauma that CEOs and leaders have to endure. This is like, okay, what if if this collapses? What if I lose my job? Um, What will happen to the income level? How can I replicate that income? So there is another stress 
that gets formulated in their head, which is, which I call like a future trauma that has never happened yet. Right. They're conjuring it. Right. It's not even real. Exactly. But if you think about it, the thought pattern is exactly the same thought patterns that, that the leader goes through with the past trauma. So it's because you have experienced a specific event and your mind is, has been conditioned to react to that event in a specific way. So rest assured, any triggers in the future is going to cause the same reaction exactly. So you're stuck in, in, in a vicious cycle between the future trauma and the previous trauma. So how do we get out of this vicious cycle? In my book, The Soul Warrior, I, I wrote up, um, about my own experience starting life at a very er- early stage at 11 years old uh, with a rape experience. And throughout my career, I have noticed how the trauma has been shifted and the consequences and where I can intercept it and deal with it. Of course, all this was done uh, with a coach because it's hard for anybody to decipher the situation they're in when they're in the middle of it. You need somebody from the outside to start pulling you out. And that's where uh, a role of a coach, trauma coach, would would actually uh, play a big role for me in writing this book even and bringing my message out. And this is what I want to provide to other people, a solution. Now, in order for us to come up with a solution, the solution has to have four major factors. It has to provide the soul connection to bring you back to where you originally started. Because when we're born, we already know what we like and what we don't like. Like if you take my, my toy when I was a kid, I would scream. Why? Because I want it. I know that I want it. I know how to play with it. And I know what it make, what it does for me. So we were connected until we reached to the teenager. And that's when we start splitting from our own soul. And our brain is conditioned with our social surroundings. The cool people wear specific t-shirts or ride specific cars. Let me imitate them to be cool like them. And that's when the separation starts. So the solution has to bring the soul back to you. So soul, in in the way that you describe it, means what exactly? It means your heart. And and, and, and it's the inner leader that stays inside. Have you ever catch yourself saying, I wish I had this. I would be happy if my life becomes this. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. It's it's that (laughs) internal dialogue between you and your inner leader or your soul. So there's two different demands. Uh, Let's say that Gail in the physical world has a specific demand, but her soul deep inside of her, she has different demands that are not being heard or fulfilled. And you need to close that gap. That gap means that there is no alignment between your inner leader and you as a person. That's why you have this internal dialogue. And this is why we, we get into what if. If you are aligned with your soul, there's no what if. Your soul knows what it wants, what it, why, why it was created. You just need to connect with it to get the answers. Yes. Um, the second component of the solution that it has to provide clarity and awareness. You are not going to move anywhere if you don't know who you are previously, who you are today, and who you want to be in the future. If you're not clear about your destination, how are you going to prepare for it? It's like me saying, Gail, I'm going to give you money. I want you to go to France. You suddenly book the flight and you just go to France without doing any research. You are not clear about what France has to offer to you. I mean, you say, okay, I know I might go to the Louvre Museum and see the Mona Lisa. Well, what if you go there and the museum is closed for reconstruction or renovation? You haven't done your homework. So by the time you go to France, because you're not clear about what you want it to do, you might find out that all the spots that you wanted to visit 
they're closed for renovation, whatever, COVID, what have you. Because you haven't done your homework, you have not established clarity about your future trip, France, your experience is not that great. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say that what you're touching on, I think is so incredibly important. And it's a struggle that I see a lot of leaders facing, especially those who've been in their role for a while. And to your point, they've become conditioned to operate a certain way and they lack the clarity. Going back to your first point, lost connection with their soul, don't have the clarity that they need. And a lot of times when I ask them that question, so what is it that you really want? They can't articulate that because they're so focused on the corporate goals or what you know what they think that they should be focused on. So I think clarity is huge. That clarity comes when you connect with your soul. It's like, uh, instead of me assuming what Gail wants, why don't I just go talk to Gail and ask her, what do, you, what do you want? That's how clarity comes. But you have been neglecting that person inside of you for a long time. You never consulted that person or that soul inside of you. And you never really paid attention to what you're saying, because sometimes it's just bypass. We only hear uh, debits, credits, uh, sales volumes, revenue, marginal costs, and all that. So we're not, we're not really listening inside. We're listening outside. And that's where the clarity blockage uh, is, is that you're not listening inside. The third one, the solution has to provide a sustainable self-development plan. Because if you are not going to develop, then there's clarity is not doing anything for you. Because we're assuming that once you start having clarity about you, you or your destination, then action will happen. You know, once you're clear about something, you're naturally going to start working for it. Now, when you have a plan to make sure that this plan is going to get executed and successfully implemented, you need the fourth factor, accountability who's going to hold you accountable for your own progress. And a lot of people neglect or they don't pay attention to the accountability factor. And that is the core reason why people succeed is accountability. I'll give you an example. Some people uh, think of the uh, self-development work as more of a philosophical or mental work. Well, they actually there's a lot of exercises that you need to do. I don't need to talk too much and tell you about how gym is good for your health. But can you actually go to the gym and do the proper exercises without having a trainer? Probably not. But if you have a trainer for a specific period of time, that would help you understand and have clarity about the gym, the equipment, how they work and what they target. Then by that time, you will be on auto mode. You've done your training. You have your understanding. You have the clarity. You no longer need a special training down the line unless you want them for a specific occasions. Self-development and psychological development works the same way. You need a trainer with you to show you how to be held accountable until that development plan becomes a habit. So you need somebody to hold you accountable for that and to pull you out of your own thoughts because your thoughts have been conditioned in a specific way to respond in a specific uh, manner that is not working. So in order to train somebody to think differently, you need somebody with you. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to back up when you mentioned plan, that it's important to have some kind of development plan. And what, you know, when you say the word plan, that that can mean a lot of things to different people. So it could be something simple, like I guess a, a couple of actions that you need to build into your routine, or does this need, would you suggest writing it down? Or what is the best kind of plan model? Or is there one? 
There, well, there is not a specific uh, module that you should follow, but there is a specific objective that you should reach to. So the objective is for you to establish clarity, however you want to do that. You know, I mean, the way I established clar clarity about my own situation with my own coach, I'm sure was different from his next client because everybody is unique. So what would work for you to establish clarity? That's in, in my book, I put, uh, for example, when we say that you need a self-sustainable plan, what does this plan target? It targets the components of what makes you a human being, the intellectual domain, emotional domain, physical domain, and spiritual domain. You see, once you connect with your inner soul, your inner leader, the inner leader or your soul is creative enough, naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. There's nothing missing in your soul. It has the answers. It knows why it exists and what it wants to accomplish. The only thing you need to do is to listen to it. And once you listen to it and you start figuring out your purpose and your passion, that, that plan is going to reveal itself. My purpose, for example, is to create a generation of compassionate leaders. Why? I feel that all leadership in our world nowadays are heavily materialistic. They're disconnected from the pure essence of being a human being. You said something like, all you have to do is connect with your soul, like it would be this simple thing to do. And I'm sure there are different ways that people can do that. So I wanted to explore that a little more deeply too. What what are some of the ways? I know I know some of the ways that work for me would involve slowing down, being quiet, and sometimes meditation, um, sometimes talking it out with someone else, sometimes journaling. So I'm curious to know what what you see for people that are wondering. Well, I know that sounds like a good thing to do, but how do I do that? How do I reconnect? Because that reminds me of my own journey at the beginning when, you know, sometimes uh, you might pick up a book that would explain a specific concept that is nice, but you're missing the steps. For example, if I tell you, Gail, you need to live by your values. Beautiful. But what are you supposed to do? Like you woke up in the morning, eight o'clock, drink tea with mint or something. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Mm -hmm. To live by value. So by what I would say for anybody who's in this scenario, try to think, reflect about your journey. Try to figure out who you were in that position. I'll give you an example. And sometimes it is really tough to get outside of your emotional skin to face reality. And But it is very important for you to face that because there is a gift in the trauma. In the event that happened, there is a gift that is waiting for everybody to pick it up. But we have been conditioned to avoid the space, not to go to that space because it's scary. So the gift is there. So you need to get back to it. So for example, when I was between the age of 11 and 13, I was gang raped about five times. So who was I back then? Purely without emotional or embarrassment, reality says that I was a boy toy, period, finished. Held hostage by fear and uh, threats. So by me recognizing that I was a boy toy, the gift in that is flexibility. That I did not, I just went with the flow. I change. I just do things without me liking it. But adaptability and flexibility were very big for my success. I, I found that in my trauma. And now when you get back to your trauma, you will find a lot of things that would affect your leadership skills. For example, um, I, at some point, I found out with my coach that I have a controlling behavior. 
where does this come from? If you go back to the trauma, when you get raped as a kid, what was the first thing that was stolen from you? Your innocence, your securities. So you are born with things being stolen away from you. So what is the natural reaction tendencies? Control, preserve. I don't want anything more to be stolen from me. So when you grow as a leader, that controlling behavior affects your delegating responsibilities to your subordinates. Yes. Yeah. Because they're too controlling. Well, you've, you've clearly done so much work over the years to gain the insight that you have and to have turned your experience actually into something that's positive that can help others. And so I wanted to bridge into what leaders can actually do to be more compassionate to other people who've experienced trauma. I know we've been talking about what leaders themselves might be able to do if they've experienced personal trauma, but there's so much opportunity for them to make a positive impact on other people who've been in some kind of pain or difficult situation. So I know you, you, you write a lot about compassion. I've talked about it a little bit in some other episodes, but coming from you, I would love to know what you have to say about the importance of compassionate leadership to, to help others on the team. Um, anybody who's, who's in suffering from trauma, at least they need to be heard. So create that space, that environment for them, that it would allow them to start thinking about how to uh, approach that trauma without losing their jobs. You know, because sometimes it's a calculated steps. What if I do this and I get fired? That actually can backfire on them. So for a leader to recognize that there is somebody in the organization that is going through trauma, providing the proper atmosphere for them to feel secure and heard is the most important thing. And then the next step will follow. But in order for you to get out of of this by yourself, you need to live by values. Why is it important to live by values? If you live based on materialistic things, like uh, I live because I work. So I'm a workaholic. I spend most of my time working because I value work. So if you are performing well and you're your boss is recognizing your your work, you're going to be happy. But if nobody cares about what you're doing, you're going to be depressed. If you're living for money, if you have money, you'll be happy. If you don't have money, you'll be miserable. If you're living for your friends, if your friends recognize you, you're happy. If your friends ditch you, you're going to feel sad. So notice that whatever you're believing in is playing a yo-yo with your emotions. The abundance will make you happy. The scarcity will make you nuts. So if you live based on values, such as honesty, integrity, at what point integrity is going to make you feel bad? Hardly ever. If you live based on compassion, at what point being compassionate is going to make you feel bad? Hardly ever. So that's why when you say live based on values, your emotional state becomes solid. You are not in a yo-yo mode whether I have money, I'm, I'm happy, I don't have money, I'm not happy. And the reason why we need to be emotionally stable, because you need to take solid decisions. Have you ever heard of a prophet that says, never make decisions when you're angry and never give promises when you're happy? Because these two spectrums are based on emotion extremes. You have to be emotionally solid. So in order for you to resolve the past and to create clarity, you need to be open-minded. You need to just explore and be aware and write down if journaling is going to 
Help, please, by all means, write your thoughts down. Why? It's easy to look at your thoughts when you get them from behind your eyes on a paper in front of your eyes. Now you can see them. You can play with them. You can juggle them. You can prioritize them because you can see them. They're no longer trapped inside of you. And now once you start living based, it's like, okay, you know what? I value honesty. Okay, let's take that value and let's take it on a trip around your four emotional domains. Honesty into in your intellectual domain. How does that look? Are you being honest with your information that are feeding with your brain? Do you honestly believe that this book comes from a legitimate source? So you have to be honest with the information that you're feeding to your brain. So that's the intellectual. The emotional, honesty. You have to be honest with the relationship with your people, with your colleagues, with your subordinates, with everybody at work and the social life. You have to honor that value. Honesty, physical. Are you being honest with your body? I mean, are you just eating sugar like I do sometimes? <laughs> you know, and then she's like, are you healthy? Yes, I'm healthy. Well, are you being honest? No, I'm not really healthy. I need to take care of my body because my body is the physical machine that will carry my message to deliver it to the world. So I need to take care of that. True. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the spiritual domain. Am I honest with my beliefs? Do I actually go and question my beliefs before I embrace them? Or do I just repeat those beliefs like a parrot because people say that? So that's what I mean by living by your values, the specific value and project that value on the four domains of your life that makes you as a person. As yes. A human being. Running it through that, I'll call it an honesty filter is right. challenging. You know, I think it does take some thoughtful work to, to make sure that you have that level of honesty that you're talking about. Sometimes when I write down thoughts, I go, oh, wait, that's just a thought or that's just a belief. I wonder if that's what I should be thinking. Or what should I believe, you know? And beliefs can change over time too. So I think that's a great exercise. You see, you need to slow down and think and reflect. What am I feeding myself? Is, is this true? Yeah. What are you really feeding yourself? Exactly. So that's, that would be the best way to start. And this is why you need to be clear. You need to be clear about your thoughts. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they legitimate? Be aware about who you are, your thoughts. The negative thoughts, if you want to change them, develop them, what have you, but be aware of that as well. It's exactly like I was saying to, with my example, when you go to France, make sure that you know what's going on over there. Be clear about it before you go. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, gosh, I know that we have uh, dove into a very heavy topic in a short period of time. And I know that your book covers a lot of other useful information and some really helpful insights. I've read it. And I want to help people who are listening know how to find you, find the book. So what's the best way for that? Uh, you can always uh, go to my website, www.abudtamimi.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram and on LinkedIn. There are so many different ways that you can find me online. Okay. And the, the book again? The book is in Amazon, The Soul Warrior. And you will find it also in Barnes & Nobles, on Kindle, and Apple iBook. So. Uh, if you have any questions, you can reach me through the website and we can take it from there. Good. Um, before we sign off, any final thought or words of hope or encouragement for, for people who are listening today based on what you've shared so far? The first thing I would say, love yourself. Learn how to love yourself. And the best way to do this, grab a picture of yourself when you were a kid around 11, 12 years old. 
And I want you to take a look at this picture and treat that person with love and compassion. Because if you think about it, if when a kid does a mistake, you don't go yell at them and hammer them. You know, you treat them with compassion. You tell them, no, this is wrong. This is the right thing. And notice the language. There is love and compassion. So look at yourself when you're 11 years old kid and talk to yourself and love yourself the same way you're going to talk to your, to your uh, daughter or your son. That person needs compassion. That person has done mistakes, forgivable mistakes, and some, some incidents is not his mistake. I don't look at my rape experience as my mistake. No, it's not my mistake. But I can't deny that I went through it. You know, so love yourself. It's the, the most difficult thing to do, but magic happens after you start loving yourself. That would be the best thing that I can tell anybody. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that unconventional leadership advice. This is not what you typically hear, but it's so relevant. And I'm so grateful, Abood, that you could share your perspective on this really important issue today and look forward to continuing our conversation at some point. So thank you again so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to spread the message and to actually get to see you again and talk to you again. Yes. I, <laughs> so I nice. love talking with you, Gail. Anytime. Uh, yeah. uh, it's always a pleasure. And for everyone else listening in today, I hope you have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you fulfill your dreams and become the beautiful people that you are. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.